Well, all I've asked for is you should know when the 60 <laughs> is up. Doesn't mean I'll stop, but I'll try. I will try. Um, well, let's stand and we'll read from our text in Psalm 16, the 16th Psalm. Psalm 16, beginning in verse number 1, Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. I hope that everybody here can say that. Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. Did you find it back there, Shalom, Psalm 16? You got it? I don't want to leave you behind. It's, it should be after that one, 16. Yeah. Okay, I know you're a smart guy. You figure it out. Verse number two. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord. It's one thing for there's, he's Lord, but it's another thing for him to be yours. Your Lord. Another thing for him to hung up on the cross for your sins. Um, so no wonder he can say, preserve me, because he says, you're my Lord. My goodness extendeth not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. And I don't have to tell you, this next verse is one that I know holds a special place in Brother JT's heart because I've heard him say it so many times. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins are my mind also instruct me in the night seasons i have set the lord always before me do you do that do you set the lord always before you i mean if we really are setting the lord before us always then how can fear stand how can unbelief dwell in his presence if we're setting the lord always before us because he is at my right hand i shall not be moved Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Verse number 11. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore forevermore, unending, forevermore, yeah, eternal, unending pleasures. Not going to get bored with them, you know, they're not going to run out. We've gone on vacation before and the kids are sad because we had to leave. And I would tell them, don't be sad that we have to go, be glad you got to come. But this, there's, there's no more parting. There's no more sorrow. No tears going to dim the eye. You know, uh, he'll wipe away every one. There are pleasures for evermore. Let's 
go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Father, as we come before you this morning and, and, and look at these 11 verses that we find in the 16th Psalm, we confess as we think upon some of them that we've read this morning that you are our every good. We have no other good apart from you. We know no other good apart from you. We shall never know any good apart from you. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And so, Father, as we look at these things and we think about you being our portion and think about you being our inheritance and we think about the lines and if we think about those lines we could think about them as boundaries and and borders and in a sense or of a uh, a land that the children of Israel maybe uh, a tribe would have inherited and, and the lines in that plot or that place fell in pleasant places maybe there's a, a brook or a stream that ran down off the mountainside through the middle of it um, that watered uh, the plain and, and surely it was a place that flowed with with milk and honey um, the lines have fallen unto us in pleasant places uh, everything that you've did you've done um, every good that we that we know um, father is, is it's 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 like brother jt has already told us this morning there's been the early and there's been the latter rain and and it's come at its appointed time, and it's not been too soon, and it's not been too late, and it's been exactly the amount that we've needed uh, so that we could say our cup is full, um, that you are the portion of our cup. You supply our every need. So we look unto you this morning as we look into these words in your word and ask that you would open them to us, help us to enter in to the reality of them, help us to rejoice in them and glorify you, Father, as a result. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> so if you think about the first word in the psalm, it says, preserve. Preserve. Uh, I, I spoke to the mailman yesterday. Some of you live in the community, and you know his name is Sid. Yeah. His name is Sid. And so Sid and I were talking about things yesterday. It wasn't a deep theological discussion, but we were talking about tomatoes. And I was telling him how that, you know, Teresa has boiled those things and peeled the skin off of them and, you know, put them in the baggie and put them in the freezer. And you know what he said, Teresa? Somebody needs to teach her how to can and preserve those things. <laughs> I was like, I think she knows how. This is just an easier you know, way to go about it. But you get the meaning of the word preserve. I mean, it has to do with keeping, right? I ran across a quote by Thomas Brooks, and he said, Hope, where does that hope come from? Our hope, is, it's, it's a God-given thing, isn't it? I mean, we don't possess it naturally. Not this kind of hope. Now, we can say, I hope I'm going to go on vacation, or I hope I'm going to get this, or I hope I'm going to get that. But this is a hope that is steadfast and sure. This is a hope that is based upon the promises of God's Word. This is a hope that is born of the faith that is a gift of God, right? So he says, hope 
can see heaven through the thickest clouds. Trouble comes. Preserve me, O Lord. Whether it be physical trouble, Brother John had some of that just recently. Um, Sister Betty's still enduring some of it this morning. Anna has pretty much recovered, you know, from it this week as far as physical ailments. And there's others that are in the, the room. I'm not mentioning everybody, but through those things, there could be some rough things sometimes. I know Sister Betty was, was having trouble keeping food down during the week. Well, I, I don't know what that's going to, you know, I know what that's like at 50, but it, in, in my 80s, I, that's just not an attractive prospect at all. Um, you know, you hope you'd be done with some of those things, you know, by then, right? I told Rebecca, I said, I got two or three places where I said, don't think you're going to get, because she has skin like mine, I said, don't think you're going to get rid of your acne by the time you reach your 50s, because I still have trouble with it, you know. You think some of those things will go away. When I was, you remember the, 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 the movies back, and you see that kid that has got acne all over his face, one of the actors just, you know, that was me, you know, as a kid. <laughs> um, why Teresa, you know, looked at me and thought, that's an attractive young man. You know, I don't know, because I had a lot of trouble with it. But the Lord preserved me and gave me favor in her sight. Um, did she take a picture? Uh, there's pictures showing, yeah. Yeah, I've got some pictures. And I was a skinny thing, too. I probably weighed about 120, 130 pounds. Do you remember that guy, Cheryl? Yeah, yeah she remembers that guy. Yeah. Well, I'm not touching that. <coughs> um. We don't know David's particular trouble here once again. But we also know this is a messianic psalm, is it not? It is. So a psalm of resurrection in one sense, a psalm of preservation, you know, also. And here's a meditation of David's heart. And was not David a prophet? Sure. Um, a meditation of David's heart for preservation from present troubles, but also a prophetic psalm telling of the coming Messiah. Thou wilt not let my soul see corruption. And we'll get to that a little later, Lord willing. But it is a psalm, even though messianic in nature, that is applicable in David's case applicable in our own and by the time we reach verse number 10 only you know in in certain aspects unto the Lord himself and there we see in certain parts there Christ alone you know and and you think about some of these things preserve me O God O my soul thou hast said unto the Lord thou art my Lord my goodness extended not to thee Um, the Lord is the portion of my inheritance I will bless the Lord hath given me counsel and you think we're going to apply these things to the Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah, yeah. How can we say that? Well, very first verse of Scripture that I have as far as other Scriptures that I sent to you was Hebrews 4.15, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched, right, with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we yet without sin. So, 
Isn't that just an incredible thought to think about, Brother Bruce, thinking about some of these things and the Lord saying, preserve me, you know, in one sense. Go ahead, brother. Mm-hmm. Right. Manifest in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Measure. You said that last week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Tempted in all points. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Isn't that incredible to think about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I know, I know. But, you know, on the one hand, God manifests in the flesh. And that is a wonder and a marvel, you know, beyond our natural comprehension. It has to be given to us spiritually. But then the other side of what you're saying, you know, in regards to that fleshly body that he possessed, that he actually learned to walk, crawl before he walked, you know. Uh, And yet, what a pleasant baby and child he must have been did he hunger he hungered you know but was he obedient Mm. how how would the other siblings in the household must have looked upon him you know no no they didn't this is our brother you know um you know he's he's nobody you know (laughs) he's just he's just a brother you know um but yeah um, but if he who is without sin called upon God and said, preserve me, how much more, how much more we have need for those words and prayer to be upon our lips? I mean, sure, we know Peter says we're kept by the power of God, but no less do we cry out and say, Lord, preserve me. Oh, you who keep me, preserve me. You know, uh, that's giving God the glory. We're not keeping ourselves. He's the one that is keeping, you know, us. But it is God who will bring you, dear Christian, through life and death. He will bring you through life and death into his presence into everlasting joy, into everlasting peace, into everlasting righteousness, into everlasting worship and praise and adoration with a fullness that we have not yet known. Not yet known. It will not be by our strength. It will not be by our resources. It will be by His power alone. He didn't save us and then toss us off into the, to the lake and said, okay, swim. Um, you know, the Lord's with us every step of the way. I mean, he, he, he carries us, Scripture says, doesn't he? Even to our gray hairs, which I'm getting more and more of them. One day, if you're here long enough and I'm here long enough, it'll all be white, I'm sure. Um, my grandpa's wasn't that way. I guess there was enough Indian left in him, 
you know, it, it, a lot of that stayed dark even to, and I don't know if it was just the Indian, but Rebecca was talking to us about Irish blood, you know, too. But, uh, but there were some dark hairs, you know, still there on his head as he laid there in that casket. But God, by his grace and by his power, will bring us through. He's, he begun a good work that he's going to complete. And isn't that something to rest in? You know, if it were up to you, where would we be? Where would we be? I mean, surely, I think about um, Christian and Pliable and the slew of despond. And the, and the version, the dramatic version that I have, you know, Pliable turns to him and says, because and, Christian all that way to that point had been telling him about the glories of heaven. And he's like, tell me more. Um, and then they fall in the slew of despond. And he says, Christian, where are you now? Um, you know, where would we be? I mean, and, and, and Bunyan's, you know, Christian and Pilgrim's Progress would still be there. But he cries out for help. And one comes to pull him out of the slough whose name was Help. Um, so he asked, what, who are you? He said, my master's called me Help. And he pulls him out of the slough of despond. So, do not pass me by. Yeah, yeah. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. I think. What is the title of that hymn? Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior? Is that the name of it? That's probably in one of It may not be. There's, there's th- I know what you're talking about, brother. There's songs that we used to sing, and we get a new hymn book and figure, for sure, that'll be in there. You know, and we got three or four of them, and it may not be in any of them. Um, but we don't maintain and keep ourselves any more than we birthed ourselves. We didn't birth ourselves into the kingdom. He did. All by grace, through faith, that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. All because of what God has done for us in Christ. So, if you are His, then His love towards you is infinite. His love towards you is infinite. It is eternal. It is unchangeable. Now, I know he, he chastens us, but if he didn't chasten us, he wouldn't love us. He chastens us because he does love us, right? God's fury no longer has place upon you as a child of God. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, right? So God's fury no longer has place. His anger is turned away from you. Do you believe that? You better believe it. You're not going to be in peace if you don't believe it, but I'm sure. You know, if you're you're a child of God, you understand that. God's wrath and his fury has been turned away from you in Christ. How could you seek preservation otherwise? How could you have fellowship otherwise? Um... How could you ever come into his presence, you know, otherwise? But here the psalmist says, preserve me, O God, for I take refuge in you. So we said preserve means to, to keep. It means to protect. It, it's, it's, it's a watching over. That's not absent from the thought. Um, 
It's the very thing the Lord prayed for us in John 17, 11. You remember? I'm no more in the world, yet they themselves are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep them in thy name, the name which thou hast given me, that they may be one even as we are. But here the Lord is praying for your preservation and for my preservation and that we would be kept. Not that, he said, not that they'd be taken out of the world, but they'd be kept while they are in the world. And as we said, 1 Peter 1, 5, kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. So it's all the way. It doesn't stop short anywhere. By the power of God, kept through faith unto salvation. Already ready, right? To be revealed in the last time. And Rebecca turned... I guess you were 18 that birthday when you got your car, weren't you? Yeah. Had it ready. Dad made a big production out of it and cleaned out the garage and put something behind door number one, something behind door number two, and turned, turned it into a game show, you know. <clears throat> but it was, it was ready, as ready as it could be. It was a used car. It wasn't a brand-new car. Uh, but ready to be revealed. Our, our salvation, we're kept through the power of God unto salvation. Kept by the power of God through faith. Don't forget that part. Through faith. God-given faith. God-preserved faith, even. Unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Well, when you think about the things that we face, and you think about the trouble that we go through, and you think about being preserved, this Whatever this is, Christian, that you're going through right now, whatever this trouble is that you're facing right now, this too shall pass. And he will be the one who is preserving you through it. Right? Now, I'm hesitant to say it this way, Brother John, but you, you, you could have not recovered from what happened to you. And the Lord would have preserved you through it and would have taken you on to glory. And there would have been these that you would have left behind. But, Sister Delina, when that day comes, the Lord's going to preserve you through it. And I know you know that. It's not a pleasant thought that any of us should depart, much less a father from a daughter or a grandfather from a grandson, or a husband from a wife. I don't know if you've ever thought about that before. You know, do you, do you, you want them? I, I, you know, there's part of me that's like, I, I want Teresa to go before me. You know, I don't want her to go at all. It'd be great to go together, you know, but if one of us is at to go before the other one, that she would go before me, that she would not have to endure life without me. And that she wouldn't have to suffer life without. But it really doesn't matter. Because that's in God's hands. I might request that. God might do it. But even if he takes me before her, he's going to preserve her. Even if that had been when we had very, very small children. And she doesn't have a job outside the house. I didn't say she didn't have a job. She didn't have a job outside the house. Her job's harder than my job. I mean, taking care of that place and teaching them kids. Um, 
I'm surprised she, you know, hadn't, hadn't uh, run screaming out the door and down the road, and we never saw her again, you know. Um, but what's she going to do? You know, I, I, she hasn't, you haven't worked in how many, you know, outside the house in, in, a, in a, a 28 years, you know. What are you going to do? Trust in the Lord. He's the one that preserves me. Trust in the Lord. He's the one that keeps me. Trust in the Lord. He's the one that provides for me. Um, yes, I have, I have done that, our married life. I have, I have gotten up and gone to work when I didn't want to. Not just because I was tired. But I've gotten up and gone to work on crutches. You know, I've gotten up and gone to work with pain that almost seemed unbearable. But the Lord preserved me through it. You know, and I hope I was a witness, you know, under those around me climbing up to the second floor because there was no elevator, you know, on crutches. Um, and coming, that was the worst part, Sister Delina was coming down the stairs on crutches. <laughs> that was harder. Uh, I could just see myself, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> um, but the Lord's the one that keeps us. You know, I spent time thinking about that this week. I spent time thinking about this that this week while I was driving down the road I spent time thinking about that while I was driving down the road this week with tears in my eyes because the Lord has been so good and even in the midst of things that are going on in my life that you don't even know about the Lord has been so good the Lord has been so gracious the Lord has done so much for me and the Lord is going to continue doing those things all the way unto the end of my earthly pilgrimage and then receive me, you know, unto himself in glory and I don't deserve any of it. It's all by his grace. But pondering things like Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. You think about the with thanksgiving part, right? Because here's this problem. And you're presenting this problem before the Lord with thanksgiving because he is the preserver, because he is the keeper, because he is the one who provides and who will bring you through it. This too shall pass. You, you think about the uh, one, one pastor said that one of his favorite places in scripture is where it said, and it came to pass. You know, and it will. All these things are going to pass. But with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God. What a blessing. What a tremendous, enormous, incredible blessing that the peace of God should keep our hearts and minds, you know, in Christ. Uh, there, there's my, my, my Redeemer has, has, has paid the price. You know, my salvation is complete. It is sure. <clears throat> All the promises of God in, in Scripture are unto me, yea and amen. You know. <clears throat> so you think about this peace of God which surpasses all comprehension. Surpasses all comprehension. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So in other words, there is a rest. Aren't you glad whenever you get to rest? You know? I mean, there's been some hot days lately. And, and we'll go out there and work and, and, uh, 
Um, you know, you're glad when you get a rest. Uh, glad when you get to go home at the end of the day and rest. Glad when you get to lay down in your bed at night, you know, and rest. But there's a rest for the people of God. There's comfort that the world does not know, cannot know, will not know while they are at enmity with God. But there is a rest for the people of God. There is a refuge that we have under the shadow of the Almighty. Uh, I don't know if he remembers it or not, but when Ricky was little and we lived in Sagemont and there was people that wanted to pick on him, you know, or pick a fight with him, you know, and I'm standing there, you know, and, and you know, there's how many years between the six? You know, so give, give six years between me and the other person that's picking on him. And I'm standing there and they're like, you're big brothers here, and I'm not going to do anything to you, but wait till he leaves. Well, God doesn't leave. I mean, we, we can stand in that shadow of the Almighty. You know, that, it's a comfort to me to still have my parents. But one day, they're not going to be here. They are a comfort, but I have a greater rest. You know, and to turn the tables from what we were talking about before, you know, when they leave, they don't have to worry about me. The, the devil may try to get them to worry, you know, about what's going to happen to my boys after we're gone. They don't have to worry. Why? Because the Lord's the one that preserves. Because the Lord's the one that keeps. They could be here and not be able to keep me. I'm sure there's things that they would have kept me from going through if it was possible. I mean, my dad told me as much, you know, whenever I was younger. He would say, son, I'm telling you these things to keep you from having to go through what I went through. Well, he may want to keep me from going through the, some of those things, but he can't really, can he? If the Lord has determined that I'm going to go through something that he warned me about, um, the Lord's going to keep me. And through it all, the Lord's going to show himself faithful. And the Lord's going to show himself sovereign. And the Lord's going to show himself as the one who I am to put my trust in. You know, so... Psalm 29.11 says, The Lord will give strength unto his people. Isn't that good? The Lord shall give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Well, we're still just talking about preservation, aren't we? Um, I, I, I've been, I have really been making it an effort to preach through these that I can in one message. I'm not sure I'm going to make it this morning. Um, because I've, I've been chided. Don't just rush through it, you know. And there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying that, that it was wrong. But it, it's, it's, you know, don't, don't, don't just throw the last five or six verses in there and go on, you know. Um, you know, if you need to break it up more than one message, you know, break it up more than one message. And, 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 and I, I understand, you know, those things, but we do have 150 of these things to go through. <clears throat> I've left, but we have as much time as the Lord's going to give any of us, don't we? You know, and, and, and we prayed about it. What is it, Brother Donnie? All eternity. We, we prayed about where we were going to go next. I asked you all to, to pray with me about it, and, and the Lord led us to this place. So if we're here, or, you know, the Lord could. Could not the Lord come and say, you know, unto me, you need to take a break from the Psalms and go over here to this book and come back. <clears throat> Typically, we stay in a book the entire time. Uh, I've, I've preached messages on particular holidays that 
would not have fit in most places, <laughs> um, you know, because it was the next set of verses, the next text. But anyway, um, we have a rest. The Lord gives strength. The Lord gives peace. It's a rest that we need to labor and enter into. We need, we need to keep ourselves in the love of God. Does not the Scripture tell us that? You, 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 need, you need to find yourself standing in the shadow of the Almighty. I mean, He says unto us, draw nigh. I mean, here we got all these problems. Here we got these troubles. And God says, draw nigh unto me. And I'll draw nigh unto thee. Come unto me. Oh, you are weak and are heavy laden. And I will give you, what did we just say? Rest. I will give you rest. I mean, speaking about that shadow of the Almighty, if God be for us, who can be against us? Right? I mean, is there anything that has happened to us? Is there anything that can happen to us? Is there anything that will happen to us? That God's not a part of? That God's not in control of? That God's not intently watching because he is our preserver because he is our keeper in all of those things that take place are not all of these things working together for our good does not the scripture plainly declare you know that unto us and does not the scripture call the worst of these things momentary light afflictions now I've told you before, I'm not discounting the things that you've been through because there's some tough things. But in comparison to a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, momentary light afflictions. Well, I don't, that might not have been the verse that you were thinking of, brother, when I said that. You look like something came to your mind and you were going to say something, but... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All things are of God. Yeah. That's comfort. That's peace. That's rest. That's a place that you can stand on that, can't you? When, when, when times get hard, that's a place to stand. You know? When you've done all, stand. <laughs> Scripture says, stand there. Stand, stand, upon the, stand upon the promises of God. We, that's another hymn, you know, but, but stand in Him. He is he's your preserver. He's, the, he's your standing. Look unto Him, the author and the finisher of our faith. Not enough for these things just to be up on our lips. If we're going to have any peace, they have to be a true reality within our hearts and minds. Um, and that can only be so because of faith, you know, if we have faith. But preserve me, for I trust in you alone. Is that true of you we had psalm 15 last week and there was a test right we had a question and answers you know are these things true of you if things are, these things are true of you in, in psalm 15 then you have every reason to trust that you belong to him and if you have every reason to trust you belong to him then you have every reason to believe verse number one saying that he is the one who preserves us that that is your confidence that that is your place of rest there's not salvation in any other, right? 
Acts 4.12, For there is none of the name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. So ours is not an empty hope. And if we're going to think about that statement in light of what this makes us think about as far as resurrection, thou wilt not leave my soul. You know, and I will not suffer my soul to see corruption, right? If we're going to think about it that way, the reason that we do not have an empty hope is because there is an empty grave. He's risen, right? He's risen. I spent some time on that when I preached at David's because it was Easter Sunday, you know, that Sunday. And the only passage the Lord gave me any peace about preaching from was Psalm 16. You know, we were, we were back in the single-digit, you know, psalms at the time. Um, and you think, well, you, you had this one already prepared. You didn't have to study, you know, a lot this week. No, not true. Um, the message has grown to the point that I don't think I'll, I finished it there. I don't think I'll finish it here this morning. But in um, all of, we think about people with trouble, and all of Job's trouble, and I know I mentioned this passage to you often, but in all of Job's trouble, we see him in Job 19 with this hope, right? And him saying, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Talk about latter rain, <laughs> Brother JT. <laughs> um, and though after my skin worms destroy this body, and that has bearing upon the end of the psalm, I'll just make the connection here this morning in case we don't make it next week if we don't finish today. But David's body saw corruption, right? Here, Job's body sees corruption. And, well, let me just go to that verse here in case we don't make it. Since I'm making the point now, look, look at verse number 10. There's two parts, you know, here. And we talked about this being applicable to David, but it also being messianic in nature. And there's parts that are only applicable to Christ. So look at verse number 10. Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. What's David saying? My soul, right? Now look at the latter half. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. So first part, applicable to David. Second part, only applicable to Christ. Can't be applied to us. Our bodies will see corruption. Well, I say that. If the Lord comes and we're still here, then we'll, we'll be changed in a moment, in twinkling of an eye, right? Um, but still, this flesh is going to drop, and you know, we're going to rise with a glorified body. I don't, what's that going to look like? I don't know. You know, these, these are things that Bruce thinks about all the time. <laughs> he, he, I can just see his eyes, you know, and, and shaking his head. He's like, yeah, I've thought about that before. You know. Right. Mm-mm. No. I mean, all around us folded up like a, a vestment and, and uh, you know, be burned. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Well, when the Lord was raised from the dead, he walked right through. But yet, he was there by the side of the, of the, the shore, and he had bread and fish upon the fire, and he ate in their presence. It's beyond our comprehension. We know those things are so, but, yeah. It's a glory to think about because it just, it, it, it magnifies God. It's so much greater than we are. Yeah. We're, on the other hand, those who don't know him. Well, how could that be true? How can that be true? That, that doesn't line up with this. That can't be so. Um, but here you have this gift of faith, and all these things are a wonder, and all these things are a glory, and all these things give rest and peace. Um, so it is, it is a, 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 a blessing to be able to look upon those things and rejoice in them. Well, in verse number 2, he says, I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. I must not be done to five yet. Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you are my Lord. I have no good besides you. Really, we don't. Uh, we have no good. We have no good outside of him. Um, so, if he's yours, stand in him. If he's yours, abide in him. If he's yours, depend upon him. Take comfort in him. Live upon him. Always look unto him in all things. Bow before him. Worship and adore him who alone is able to preserve you. He alone's able to preserve you. When, when my wife got sick, I couldn't preserve her. I tried all sorts of things. I think I've told y'all before about the fork that's in the drawer. No? Okay. Well, she's really sick, hasn't been to the hospital yet, hasn't lost her colon yet. We were trying all sorts of things. We did without meat and bread for a year, just eating vegetables, fresh fruits and vegetables, you know, blended up mostly, just drinking them and eating, you know, salads, hoping that maybe we could heal, you know, her colon. And so it got to the point where, you know, she was just steadily declining. And um, one day, for whatever reason, I thought I was going to try to feed you, you know, some tuna fish. I don't know if you remember that. And so I had this can, one of those little, you know, round cans about that tall. And that, that can opener, it just, it wouldn't get all the way around. And, and uh, I was, I, I, I got to get this can open. I got to get some food down her. I've got to try to do whatever I can to help her. And that can opener just would not cooperate. And so I grabbed a fork out of the drawer and I stuck one of those prongs in between the top of that can lid and the bottom of it, and I began to pry. And so we have a fork that has a bent prong. And every time I get that fork, I think about that day. And I think about the Lord's goodness. And I think about the Lord's mercy. And I think about how the Lord restored her health unto her. You know, when you know, I, I had people around me that they didn't want to say anything. They would come and visit, and they would just come out in the hall and say, Brother, I'm so sorry. Um, they didn't think that she was going to make it at all. Um, but the Lord was gracious, wasn't he? 
You remember mom being there in the ICU and you remember the doctor coming in and he grabs a piece of paper and he starts drawing all these circles. And he says, these are all ulcers all throughout. It's the worst case that we've ever seen. Uh, We thought it was something else, but we've gotten results back and it is ulcerative colitis, which is actually good because that just affects the large intestine and not the small. There are other things that can keep climbing all the way up through your esophagus, you know. Um, but I remember you picking up a magazine and just fanning yourself, you know, and, 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 um, you know, I was just beside myself, um, looking at this person that has understanding of these things and I have no comprehension really of them. And, you know, just, well, what do we have to do? But at the same time, my hope's not in him. The Lord was our preserver the Lord was the one who was keeping us Um, and there were some hard days brother Jerry Um, when she went back for some other surgery and she came out and you walked around the corner and I've told this story before and the doctors had been just pestering her about getting up and walking and she fell uh, down to the ground I caught her you know before she hit the ground but I mean just down to her knees and picked her up and blood just gushed everywhere and I didn't know what was going on So there were a lot of things through that that the Lord showed himself faithful. Um, the Lord showed himself a preserver to where whenever we were in Brother Bob Woodruff's living room and Brother Conrad Merle was preaching when he finished, he singled us out and he said, Russell, how's your faith? I've told you all about that too. I said, Brother Conrad, you know, I'm, I'm not boasting in myself. I'm boasting in the Lord. But my sails are so full of faith right now. We've seen the Lord do so many things. Bring it on. I wasn't tempting the Lord. I wasn't asking for anything else. But the Lord had shown himself faithful. Now, why do I bring this up? I've told you these things before. But it is, it is the most intense, as far as circumstances, that we've been through as a married couple It was the most intense thing that I've been through. Now, I've been through some things that that have rivaled it. But this was something that wrenched the heart because this is my spouse. This This is the love of my life. The one that I, before she went to emergency surgery, I bowed down beside her bed and prayed. And and after uh, I finished, I said, I'll see you here. I'll see you there. You know, um, that was, it was the, the, the Lord brought me to an end of myself for sure. And there are people around me that knew I was coming to that place. And Brother Johnny Carter said, when you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. He was telling me to hang on to the Lord. You know, all my resources have been depleted. Everything was gone. I was weak. I was weary. I was worn. I was worn out. People would call me on the phone and I would just break down in tears. I wouldn't do it in front of her. I'd go out in the hallway. And Brother Conrad would say, I'll be meeting you at the mercy seat. You know, what a comfort. There was our hope. Our hope was in him. Our hope was in the Lord. So what forces have stood against your soul? What powers of death and hell have been overcome to bring you, dear Christian, to the place where you are this morning. We can't see into that realm, but you think about 
those forces of darkness that have been kept at bay. Those forces of darkness, just like with the devil wanting to get at Job, and said, I can't because there's a hedge about him. You think about what the Lord has spared you from that would not have been profitable to your soul and what the Lord has allowed to come in that he worked together for your good. It is amazing to think about where we are, where we stand right now, reconciled to God, no longer at enmity, clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And Brother JT's favorite thing, adopted as a child of God, adopted. Colossians 1.13 says, For he delivered us from the domain of darkness. That's where we were. We were living, dwelling, abiding in darkness. And transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. What has had to be overcome? I mean, I, I know we know the answer to that as far as our sin is concerned. But you just think about how that would never have been possible by anything that we could have ever done. God had to do it. God saved us from himself. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. So no wonder David says, I have no good beside you. I have no hope beside you. I have no rest beside you. I have no help beside you. I mean, just thinking about the Lord again and him in, 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 in the flesh saying some of these things, right? As a man saying some of these things. Psalm twenty two nineteen says this, another Messianic Psalm, by the way. Be not far from me. Be not far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. We need to live there. We need to live there. We see our Savior praying such a prayer. How much more? How much more we have need? Psalm 31, verse 19. Oh, how great is thy goodness, speaking of his goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee. I mean, you think about this mountain that's been overcome to bring us to a place where we are reconciled unto God. But you think about this other side of things. You know, flip the coin over, so to speak, and think about this mountain of goodness that he's talking about here. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee. Surely goodness and mercy shall what? Follow me. How long? All the days of my life. And I shall what? Dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Right? Forever. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. You know, blessed you are if you trust in him. What a blessing to be able to, in the worst of things, to be able to remember the Lord. Call upon the Lord. Trust in the Lord as your preserver. Right? As your preserver. Well, I guess we'll have to end in verse number two. I don't know how long I've been going, but typically when I see it's reached 1230, I know I'm getting close. About nine minutes. <clears throat> he is our every good. Our every good. We have no goodness apart from him. We know no goodness apart from him. Whatever good we have or do, it is all from him. 
We haven't produced it in ourselves. We haven't done good in and of ourselves. It is what he has done in us. He is the reason for every good that I see. If I see any goodness in you, he's the reason. If you see any goodness in me, he's the reason. He gets all the glory. There's not one shred, not one ounce that belongs unto us. It's all his. It all belongs unto him. I would not value Christ. I would not value his church. Apart from this goodness that he has shown unto me and drawing me unto himself and, and showing my need of, 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 of repentance, showing me the greatness of my sins before him and his holiness and my need to repent and believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. So that the psalmist says in verse number three, as for the saints who are in the earth, you think about all the people of the earth, you think about all the beautiful people, you think about all the popular people you think about all the wealthy people that there are listen to what the psalmist says as for the saints who are in the earth they are the majestic ones they are the ones that are that are that are worthy you know in in a sense and to 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 fellowship to commune pray um you know, to, to be found in the presence of. They, they are, the, the presence of God is the reason in them, upon them. They are the majestic ones in whom is all my delight. To where we begin to ask questions like, do you love the brethren? Do you love God's people? What I tell Daniel this morning, y'all didn't really know what was going on. But, you know, here, Sister Provy had to, didn't have to, but she brought the boys. You, you ought to be thankful that you have a mama, Shalom, that cares, that would drive you all the way over here and drop you off and go back home because she cares to be with Emmy, right? But they had a conversation about how they were going to get home. And you know, there was some discussion that went back and forth. And so when I came in, that's why I said what I did to Danny. You know, just like your brother. Or maybe, you know, think more of it in terms of your uncle that came. Um, I think it was your uncle that came, wasn't it? Or a cousin or somebody that came the one time. Um, your uncle, okay. Um, you, 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 would, you would ask him, would you give me a ride? Yeah. Well, should we be any less than he? That we would, I mean, just using Danny as an example, but I mean, we could say it about every one of us. I'm trying to use my nine minutes. We could say it about every one of us. You have a need. Brother Bruce, I'm, I'm having some trouble. You know, would you mind? You know, or, you know, whatever the trouble may be. Um, you know, can, should we not, we, are, are we not called brothers and sisters? Should we not regard one another in that capacity? Yeah. Yes, one people. Yeah, one people. I mean, I, I really can't think of much of anything that I wouldn't go to Teresa and ask her, you know, something that I had need of. But as brothers and sisters, should we not be able to go to one another, bear one another's burdens, you know? Uh, be of help in whatever way that we can be. I mean, how small a thing giving, 
um, you know, Danny and, and Shalom arrived, you know, back to Love Lady. You know, what a small thing, you know, that is. I even know somebody that has to go back that way. And he's got a four-door pickup. Yeah. You know, you're looking around trying to figure out who that is. It's, it's, it's the one who spoke just before me. You know. <laughs> brother JT lives in Love Lady. Of course, you know, brother, they may want to stay and partake of the fellowship. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Could have picked him up this morning. Yeah. Would have been a little earlier, you know, than maybe what they wanted to get up. But, um, you know, my point, though, is. Well, the scripture says all men, John thirteen thirty five, shall know you are my disciples by your love one for another. What a small thing, a trip in a car. Yeah. I, I, I tell you, Danny, yesterday hearing about what was going on, if your mom had said it, I would have driven to San Antonio, picked all y'all up and brought you back here, you know. Would have, would have picked up a U-Haul trailer if I could find one and towed the car back if we needed to, you know. Um, have a cousin who has a car hauler. So we know. Go ahead, brother. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, it's not God. Yeah. Right. There's another test, right? Another test. Uh, we know that we pass from death into life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. I mean, we spend time here with each other, you know, each week, you know, beyond the singing, beyond the preaching, beyond the fellowship. Do you love your brother and sister in Christ? Do you love them? Would, 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 you, would you sacrifice time? Would you sacrifice monetary things, you know, to be able to help them? Uh, would that not be pleasing in God's sight? Would that not be a testimony to the world around us? Would that not be a blessing? You know, not only, I mean, how many times have you gone to see somebody in the hospital that's sick? We talked about this before, and you're the one that leaves encouraged. You went to encourage them, and you're the one that leaves encouraged. I can't tell you how many times, countless times that's happened to me. Um, well, I, I can't go into verse number four. We'd, we'd be here, you know, longer than we ought to be. So I'm going to obey my elder brother who's gone on to be with the Lord and just stop right here. We'll just stop right here this morning.